Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas, and I hope you had a really good break. I hope you had a good break from school, a break from work, or whatever it is you needed a break from. I hope it was a good one. Because that's the thing, when you take a break from something, it's always good to come back to it, right? So it's good to go back to school, right? Right? A lot of no's. Some yeses from parents, a lot of no's, okay. Uh, It's good to go back to work. There's the no. It is good, though, to be back here in this chapel for Chapel Roswell. My name is Marion, and I am so thrilled to be back. It's just good to be back in a church routine. I don't know. Raise your hand if you went to Sunday school today. For, oh, nice. For our elementary school, we had uh, Lego and Ego, right? Was it fun? How could it not be? It's Legos and Ego. Hello. That's fun. Yeah. Our Roswell students, they're getting ready for Alter Your Life weekend. Who's got plans to go to AYL this year? That will be fun. There are small groups that are starting. There are Bible studies that are getting started. We are resuming monthly mission trips for hurricane relief. There are service projects on the horizon. There are big things happening. And I want to tell you about this as you think about your whole year. Because tis the season for New Year's resolutions. And as you think about what you're resolving to do, I want you to remember the many things that are happening right here in this church. There's been a lot of talk about resolutions just in my little circle of friends. I've been hearing strange words when they talk about their resolutions. They're really weird words they're using. Some weirder than others. They're using words like fast. Ugh. They're using words like cleanse. Oh, can you imagine? They're using words like diet and exercise and fitness. They're using words like schedule and balance. It's crazy words. What other words am I missing? What words are you thinking of for resolutions? Anybody? Really, I hit them all. Okay. What's your word? What is it? Nice. He probably won ice cream for saying he was going to eat his vegetables. Eat chicken. I like that. Very nice. Yeah. What is it? Ready. Ready. Good word. I like that. There are lots of words we think about for our New Year's resolutions. But there's one word that I don't hear a lot. And there's one word that I think we've forgotten about. And the word is remember. Not many of us think on this time of year, we don't resolve to remember. If anything, we resolve to forget. 
We usually want to do the opposite of remember. We want to separate ourselves as much as we can from certain things. I mean, who really wants to remember the events of 2020 and 2021? Sometimes our instinct is to start over, to run from, to leave, to forget, to do anything but remember. But the thing is, as people of faith, that's the one word that we're called to today, is to remember. And if you don't know why, I'll remind you why. (laughs) Get it? Okay. Our church calendar is important to remember because our church calendar dovetails beautifully with our cultural calendar. So you need to remember where we sit right now in this moment of scripture and of our church. We have spent these last few weeks in Advent. We've spent about four weeks preparing ourselves for a Christ child, only to show up Christmas Eve night to light the candle, to sing Silent Night so that we can usher in the child who was born on Christmas Day. And we've just spent 12 days of Christmas celebrating that. The 12th day of Christmas was actually this past Wednesday. So this past Wednesday night was the 12th night. And so we woke up on Thursday morning in a brand new season of Epiphany. And Epiphany is that very time when we remember what's commonly known as the three wise men or the we three kings, but more accurately and appropriately known as we don't know how many magi. This is the time when we remember the magi searching for the child. The Magi weren't there that night. They weren't there in the nativity scene. It took them a little minute to follow the star and get to the Christ child. And we are in the season where we are journeying with those Magi looking for the baby. And so we're in the season of baking. We're in the season of feast and festivals and celebration. That's why we bake cakes and look for a baby, a king cake. We're in the season of gathering with people to celebrate the gifts that, like the Magi, we are here to celebrate the gifts that we offer to the world. That's the season we're in. And we'll be in this season for about six, seven weeks. And then we approach Ash Wednesday. Of course, Ash Wednesday is a day where we remember dust to dust and ashes to ashes. And we spend that time in Lent where Jesus is tempted and goes into the wilderness only to celebrate on Easter morning the very events that happen in his life that save us all. And then from that season of Easter, we go into learning the teachings of Jesus all the way back to Advent where we start all over again. Don't worry. If you don't remember that every year, all Sundays, all year, I'll be here to walk you through the whole thing and remind you. But it's important to know where we are in the church calendar because we need to know what will unfold throughout the year. And so we stand here at the beginning. We stand here at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. We stand here at the beginning of our own year of ministry. 
And the beginning of the ministry of Jesus begins at a baptism. And so today, we remember the story of the baptism of Jesus. Only this year, we hear it from the perspective of Luke. And here's what it says. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming and I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. Okay, here's the part I want you to hear. Now, when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and he was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in boldly form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. A lot of people feel like they know what this scene of baptism looks like. They feel like they know all the details of the scene. They feel like they know that Jesus is there in the water with the light, with the heavens, with the dove, with the voice. And we feel like we know this scene because artists have depicted this over and over again. There are songs that even mention moments of baptism. And there's even movies. Have you ever seen a movie with a scene of baptism? I remember a movie called, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh-huh. And there's this really great scene. It's kind of like the one in Luke in a way, but where all the people are dressed in white and they're all just in a line going down to the waters beautifully. And these three bandits, these three criminals, they see him and one of them runs over in the water and falls in line and falls in the water and gets baptized and feels like everything is made brand new. Even when he robbed the Piggly Wiggly. It's a great movie. It's a great scene. We all feel like we have this moment ingrained in our mind of some type of baptism. But it really does always include Jesus in the water, with the heavens opened, with a dove, and with a voice. But friends, Luke is different. Luke is different. The details are different. And it's imperative we remember it. Because guess what? According to Luke, Jesus isn't baptized in isolation. It's not a special day. It's not a special moment that he's called to. It's a normal general day. And Jesus just got in line with all the people. Jesus took the time just to be in line with the people. The heavens didn't open immediately. The voice didn't come down immediately. It was later. It specifically says it wasn't until all the people were together. 
It wasn't until all the people had been baptized. And it wasn't until after Jesus had been baptized. Nothing happened until all of the people gathered and Jesus took the time to pray. Nothing happened until everyone was gathered and someone took the time to pray. I know you all remember where I'm from, the great state of Louisiana. But what you may not have connected was that I'm from Jimmy Swaggertville. I'm from the town of Jimmy Swaggart, and I am not making a commentary on the church. I'm not making a commentary on any of the leadership there. I'm only telling you a story about the people I knew and loved who went to that church. Growing up, I had a lot of friends who went to that church, but they went to youth group with me. And the rule was, if they went to youth group with me, I'd have to go to church with them every now and then. Well, guess what? I loved going to all these different churches. I know that's hard to believe, me being a preacher, but I loved going to all sorts of worships and churches when I was growing up. I loved it. So I was happy to do it. But I'll never forget when I was there one Sunday morning, well, lots of Sundays, there was a time when somebody would say, let's all pray and the Holy Spirit will show up. And any time that happened, do you know what happened next? As soon as somebody said, pray, and the Holy Spirit would show up, everyone would speak in tongues. Everybody. And it was just like this cacophony of voices and of words. All sorts of words. Strange words. Weird words that weren't familiar to me. And this one particular day, I guess I must have had some kind of look on my face. Because that night, I spent the night with one of my friends, and her mom approached me and said, Marion, I saw your face today. Do you want the Holy Spirit? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, are you ready for the Holy Spirit to come into your life? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. Sign me up. And she said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to pray over you. And then I don't want you to say another word and go straight to sleep. She told my friend, her daughter, she's like, do not say anything to her. Don't let her talk. I'm going to pray over her, and then she's going to go to sleep. And Marion, the very next thing you say in the morning is going to be proof of the Holy Spirit. I said, yes, ma'am. So she prayed over me, and I went mute. And I know that's probably the hardest to believe. <laughs> and I went straight to sleep. And before I could even wake up on my own, I woke up with that mom's face like right here. <laughs> and she's like, say something. I was like, I'm really hungry. <laughs> That's not what she expected. <laughs> That's not at all what she had expected. The Holy Spirit did not come in my life the exact way that she envisioned. Her scene of the Holy Spirit for me was very different because you know what? My details were different. Just like Luke, my spirit was different. My scene of baptism was different. But you know what? The Holy Spirit did come on me that day. 
And it came on me the next day and the next day and the next day. And I remember that year vividly. And I can tell you moments where indeed I felt the heavens had opened up. And you know why? Because it all started with somebody praying for me. It didn't look the way people thought it was going to look, but it was specific to me. And she wasn't the only one that prayed for me that year. Do you know my parents prayed for me? Do you know my friends prayed for me? I had a lot of moms and dads in church, and you know they prayed for me? The Spirit came into my life that year, day after day after day, and it began with someone praying for me. There's a woman in this church. She comes to every single special worship we have, and do you know where she sits? Right over here on her knees in prayer. You can walk through this chapel and you may have already seen her, know who I'm talking about. She spends time on her knees right there on that second pew praying. And the way she prays makes me know that the spirit is talking to her directly. I don't know what it's saying, but it's saying something. I had a friend, a pastor friend, And about 10 years ago, we were in this small group together, and his resolution that year was to pray on demand. He said, no matter where I am or what I'm doing, if somebody tells me this is happening in their life, I'm going to stop everything and say, we're praying right now. And do you know, it is jarring when someone does that. I was there. I was a part of it that whole year. Somebody would say, gosh, This thing's going on, and he'd say, let's pray right now. And down he would go, and he would just start to pray. It's overwhelming. It doesn't feel comfortable all the time. He would say words, strange words, words that were important, words that were meaningful. Prayer is powerful, but prayer is forgotten. And we need to remember The power of prayer. Because you know what Luke says? The heavens will not open up without it. For Jesus, that Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove that people literally could see. That was his scene. A tangible dove. But with it came something else that only was for him. There was a voice. And the voice that came that day said, you are mine with which I am well pleased. Those are the exact words used in a psalm and in Isaiah to coronate a king and to coronate a leader. But you know what? There was no coronation this day and it wasn't meant for the masses to hear. God didn't say this over a loud voice so that the whole world could hear. The one voice was meant for one 33-year-old to hear. The voice of God that day went to one man and the whole purpose was to empower him and strengthen him and give him courage for whatever lies before him that year. It was to give him courage with whatever was to unfold that year. I 
I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen this year. And that's the mystery, and that's the opportunity, and that's the beauty in front of us. But what I do know is somewhat like the scriptures, there will be times of wilderness, and there'll be times of temptation, and there'll be times of weddings, just like scripture, and there'll be times of celebration. And what I know is that we have the promise of the Holy Spirit to be with us during all of it. When Jesus was there being baptized, the people around him were men and women who were flawed, men and women who were vulnerable, men and women who had addictions and had issues in their life, and men and women who felt like they didn't have a voice and they had nothing to offer. And it wasn't until all of those people gathered, it wasn't until all those people were gathered when they felt empowered and strengthened for what happened next. It's time for us to put ourselves in the story. This is where we are today. We're the 13-year-old. We're the 33-year-old. We're the 53-year-old. We're the 63-year-old. We're the 83-year-old. And we are standing in the midst of all those people. And we're standing in the midst of the people waiting to hear God's voice specific for us. And so we have shells this morning all around. We have shells so that we can remember today. And during the closing song, you'll be invited to come and take a shell and remember the story of the baptism. And the shell is meant for you to hold throughout the year as a reminder of today. It's meant to be a reminder of the spirit in your life and your own details, your own scene. It's meant to be a reminder of what church can do when we're all together. And it's meant for you to be a reminder through the entire year that you are not alone and through the act of prayer, the heavens will open and you will be ready for the task ahead of you this year. And if ever you forget that, don't worry. We'll be here all year to remind you. Amen.